0: Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for August 7th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled Supper's Ready.
1: Some faith traditions come to the table every week. I don't know why it was like this when we came, but Park Road comes to the table every other month to this table. And so we decided some years ago to try and make whenever we come to this table uh, for the service to center around the table and not around the sermon. So. If you wonder what a homily is, it's like a little short story, not a sermon. It's one of my pet peeves. I love to cook, but after I've slaved over a hot stove and have supper ready, I like for people to come to the table when I call. It usually goes something like this. It's pretty easy. Okay, supper's ready. minute or two later okay guys let's go suppers ready another short bit goes by did y'all hear me supper is ready sometimes I act in a passive-aggressive way and I go on to the table and sit down and start eating but that doesn't lend itself to good table talk because by the time they gather, I'm mad. I don't like to start, I don't like for anyone to start eating until everyone is there. I'll not name who is usually late to the table after the other three of us are sitting there waiting patiently, but he is always in the middle of some project that he just can't tear himself away from. And I'm usually the beneficiary of the said project, so I guess I shouldn't complain. But it's a pet peeve. I can't help it. When I say supper's ready, what I mean is supper's ready. I think back on all the meals I've prepared in my life. You know, I did not know how to cook one thing when I got married. I would go to the grocery store every single day after looking up in my recipe book what I was going to cook for that night, and I would go and buy just those things on that recipe. I don't know why I couldn't think forward enough to look at maybe three recipes at a time, but it was also overwhelming to learn how to cook. I knew how to set the table and put ice in the glasses. Those were my jobs growing up, but my mother did not teach me how to cook. First, I was cooking just for the two of us. I made mashed potatoes for like 15 people every time I made them. Then for a couple of years, I cooked for the three of us, and then it became the four of us. I remember the very first Thanksgiving meal that I prepared out of the tiniest apartment kitchen in Louisville, Kentucky. All of my in-laws were coming. It had to be just right when we lived in Clemson. We used to do a big Christmas Eve dinner at our house after the Christmas Eve service. And we would invite a table full, so eight more. Our dining room table seated eight. I got out the fine china and I would cook Spaghetti, because that's comfort food on a Christmas Eve night, and we were intentional to invite people that we didn't think knew each other and perhaps people that didn't have family in town. I recall all the college students that we hosted in Birmingham who appreciated a home cooked meal more than just about anybody. I think about all the Wednesday night dinners I have cooked here and the Christmas banquets that I've prepared for the last couple of years that I've said I'm never doing again because I'm too old to pull that off. A caterer I am not, just a southern cook whose secret is butter. Always use a lot of butter, not margarine, and all will be well. The largest meal I've ever cooked was for 400 youth in Knoxville, Tennessee a few years ago when the theme of our youth camp centered around radical welcome and the sense that the kingdom of God is like a banquet meal. So in some planning session about eight months before the event, when the youth ministers were wishing that they could really afford, you know, we've never done a nice sit-down banquet meal where we all are together. I wish we could afford to do this nice banquet meal for one night of camp as a way of enacting radical welcome and a feast to enjoy the company. I'm pretty sure in that meeting eight months before the event, I heard myself say, Well, I think I could cook that for about $3 a person because, you know, you're paying for the labor, not the food, when you pay these exorbitant prices. So on that Thursday night of the third week of July a couple of summers ago, I was kind of wishing I had kept my mouth shut eight months before. Things that sound like such a great idea in the moment ahead of time do not seem like such a great idea in the moment all of those occasions, I can hear myself saying, supper's ready, come and get it. But as I went back through the history of my supper preparation, the ones that stand out the most to me are the suppers that I cooked in Yellowstone National Park. It was the summer of 1990, and Russ and I worked for a short stint For the home mission board of the southern baptist convention oh that was rough (laughs) i'm not gonna lie but it was great to live in yellowstone we were the supervisors for 21 college students who were assigned to our country's oldest national park as summer missionaries They were called innovators, and they were from all over the country, and we were kind of like mom and dad for them for the summer. We helped these students get jobs working for the park service, either as part of the hotel staff or the cleaning crew, or they worked in uh, little concessionaire shops all along the way, or they waited tables. And then, outside of the job that they got in the park, We served as support for their mission work. They were summer missionaries in the park. Their mission was to get to know other employees and be the presence of Christ to them. I don't know if you know, but in resort areas, you look around at all the people, all the young people that are making it run. Some of them are trying to find themselves, and so they've gone to do this. Some are are there just to enjoy a great summer, but there is a lot of substance abuse among employees in these resort settings. And so they had come to be the presence of Christ to other employees. So they were an employee themselves, but the whole mission board believed that the best way to be a missionary in the National Park was to start Bible studies. There's nothing wrong with that idea, but I'm not sure it's the best idea. But those were the numbers that they wanted us to send to them to count the measure of success. How many people attended the Bible study at Yellowstone Lake this week? How many people attended the Bible study at Old Faithful this week? How many people attended the Bible study at Mammoth Hot Springs this week? Fill in the form and voila, we could measure successful ministry. But Russ and I came up with an idea that to this day I think was better than Bible study. We decided to drive all over the park hosting suppers. We would tell our innovators... When we would be at their site, and we would tell them to invite all their coworkers to a picnic area at their location, and we would prepare supper. We had a tiny little pickup truck, a big cooler, and a Coleman camping stove. I honestly wish I could remember how I prepared those meals with that. I mean, like, for 70 people would come. Chicken fajitas for 70 on a Coleman camping stove. For the life of me, I can't remember how we did it, but I remember that they raved about it, so it must have been pretty good. These college summer missionaries would attract 50 to 70 people a week at their work location in the park, and we would eat supper together in whatever makeshift way we could figure out, and it was a huge Success. I'm sure that Russ and I reported those numbers too to the Home Mission Board, though my cynical hunch is that 70 at supper was not as important as 8 at Bible study. Don't get me wrong, Bible study can be a very good thing, but I'm not sure it's the best measure for success in determining what valid ministry really is. But the suppers, the food, the laughter, the connection, the sharing of chicken and lemonade and life, that is ministry and mission in my book. My regret in looking back on those wonderful innovators and our amazing summer there was that at least at the outset, the meal was a vehicle to Bible study. It would be easier to invite someone to supper than to a Bible study. So the hope was that if you could get them to the meal, then you would feel more, in com- more comfortable inviting them to the Bible study. I wish that I had better understood then that the meal itself was the Bible study, the meal itself was enough. And so today, dear friends, supper's ready. And all are welcome at this table. May it be so. Amen.